Hey awesome nerds and welcome to another episode of D&D and TV, the podcast where we talk about, I don't know, what do we talk about? We <laughs> Anything we want, really. We yeah, just go off on tangents. Yeah, kind of. It's pretty fucking open. We talk about television shows, we rewatch them and uh, recap them and then talk about how the characters, themes and concepts could be used in different role-playing games, mostly D&D, hence the title. I am your host, Jeremy, and we are joined, well, I am joined by uh, somebody who's hauling a Christmas tree down Fifth Avenue. It's Meek. <laughs> Aww, I've never had a live Christmas tree. I have. I have used you, to have. Are you, are you a live Christmas tree person? I used to be when I was a kid. Uh, my parents would always get a live Christmas tree, or I should say a dead Christmas tree because it had been chopped down and then brought into the house. And I think I was probably about nine or so, and I got really upset about having to throw away this Christmas tree at the end. I was like, this is a waste. This is something that we've killed for our our benefit. And um, the next year, my parents bought me a little potted Christmas tree that we used until I basically moved out of home. And um, that was our Christmas oh, wow. tree. Yeah. And ever since then, we've had fake Christmas trees. Nice. So, yeah. That's, um, such, a cute, that's such a cute, wholesome story. Right? It's it's peculiar for, for us, having a cute, wholesome story to open an episode. <laughs> Normally, it's weird stuff, but uh, not, not today. <laughs> today is the Christmas episode of uh, Gossip Girl 2007, the first season of which we are re-watching at the moment. This is the Roman Holiday episode episode 11 of season mm-hmm. one that's a that works as a, a little formula a little um algorithm for i'm just going to edit that bit out anyway of um of how i say words when when um, i'm talking on the podcast uh, and in this episode finding my notes uh in this episode directed by michael fields and written by jessica queller i uh, show producer Jessica Queller. Uh, Blair's father comes home for the holidays with an unexpected guest. Jenny and Vanessa help Serena plan the best Christmas surprise ever for Dan. I take umbrage at this this uh, description. Because you... it misses out some massive events? It does. It does. But also Jenny doesn't do shit to help with the present for Dan. Yes, she does. Yeah. Not really. She helps Dan. Like, she doesn't help Serena. Ah, ah! I gotcha. Yeah. Isn't? Let's get no, into it. Okay. Let's get into this episode okay. and see exactly okay. where we will disagree on that. Uh, yeah. Because it's Christmas sure. and it is the opening at the um, the school. I guess I don't really know the layout of these schools. It seems like the boys' school and the girls' school kind of meet at this little courtyard with the stairs where they always seem to have um, – where someone's always running for late late for school. It's usually Serena. Uh, but we yes. have Jenny and her little choir. Remember that she's in a choir? Did you? Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I remember they, she's in a choir. Used, of course. They previously had sung Fergie's Glamorous. Yes. Yes, we remember because that just aired for us. Like That episode <laughs> just went up. But this is like two months later for anyone actually watching uh, in in time with us. Anyway, uh, yeah, so they're singing one of the Christmas songs, probably Santa Baby, if I know um, the Christmassy themes of 2007, because that was kind of having a resurgence back around then. And yeah. Serena and Dan are looking through and trying to pick gifts for each other and trying to be adorable. Uh, Dan's complaining mm-hmm. that, that it's too warm for Christmas. Mm. Poor baby. Because uh, mm. welcome to Australia, where it's usually about 33 <laughs> degrees for Christmas. 
yeah, but in Dan's defense, he is in the, the Northern Hemisphere. So well, he's, he's, New York. he's from Brooklyn. He is from, is he? Is that where he's from? Well, <laughs> I think he's from really Brooklyn. That. Is he? Wow. That's so yeah. cool. Um, oh, that explains why he's so poor then, because he comes that's from right. across the river. That's right. No oh, accent. Though, it all surprising. makes sense. He's a different uh, kind of Brooklyn. As we are talking about Dan Humphreys, we will mention that this is mostly a spoiler-free podcast. And there is one very important element of the show that we will spoil uh, straight up front, that the eponymous character of Gossip Girl is revealed to be in the final episode, that it is, in fact, Dan Humphrey. Dan Humphrey himself. Dun, dun, dun. And we reveal this because I'm of the opinion that it was not planned at all. They did not have any idea until the day they were writing the final episode script that Dan Humphrey was actually Gossip Girl. And so we will be looking for clues throughout the series that to indicate one way or the other that um, Dan is or is not Gossip Girl. And I believe that this is a perfect masterpiece that was completely created from the start and kept under like lock and key so that no one, not even the main actors, knew. I mean, that, that's not a good choice. Because if the main sure actors know, then they can actually play into it. If the actor has no idea, then the character should have no idea. This is something that, that came up in obvious, Buffy as well. But we won't... That would be too obvious. Oh, I, I see. It to be subtle. It's a double blind test where nobody mm. knows what's going on. Not even the writers. One so spe- writer knew, I reckon. Speaking of, uh, of writers, uh, Dan Humphrey mm. is now a published writer uh, because mm. Vanessa, his... Childhood friend, potential paramour. Slash want-to-be girlfriend. Yes, want-to-be girlfriend. Shows up with his Christmas gift, which is wrapped in a little New Yorker. Um, of, co- of course, Dan admits that he has a subscription already to the New Yorker. And of course you do, mm-hmm. Dan. Well, you, you seem like the teenager who would. So I have no problems with the New Yorker. I feel that it's probably a very good magazine that I have never read. But when you're 16 years old and you're getting a subscription to You've never to it, read the New Yorker? No, I've read New Yorker articles, but I'm not like a oh, New Yorker. Oh, yeah, that person. counts. That's fine. Oh, okay. Sure. That's fine. I thought you meant you'd never picked one up before, which I was very surprised at. There is a Tumblr Continue. account. There is a Tumblr account called the New Yorker Butt Dicks. And it is essentially taking the cartoons from the New Yorker, trying to make them, well, they believe they're trying to make them funnier by just making jokes about penises the entire time. And most of them, it's just crass. It's like kind of like Garfield without Garfield. But there is one where they go, this could not have been made any better. And it's basically two people walking up some stairs in an art gallery. And it's got this giant head coming out of the floor. And the caption is, well, that explains the giant penis downstairs. Chef's kiss. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's a, true. That is. That's, that's, that's really that clever. True. That's really clever. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Vanessa actually submitted the art. Speaking of giant penises, go for it. <laughs> It's just segue. No, I was just going to edit all of that out. <laughs> now I can't. <laughs> this is what this episode is about. Giant penises? Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. Sure. Sure. Um, I guess. Speaking of giant penises, uh, Vanessa. Vanessa. Who actually, no. Wants you know what? Dance? This is. I, oh, Dan. Okay, we'll get on to Dan Humphrey's member at another stage. Uh, this isn't the time for it, really. Um, I was going to say that Vanessa does a dick move, like a giant dick move, by mm. submitting Dan's story without asking him. She, like, snuck into his room under the pretense of, of taking a stapler. And mm. 
I mean, good deception check because he uh, didn't mm. even realize what was going on. Uh, she still has the stapler, Dan points out. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I am not a published writer. I am not a great writer. I am kind of a writer. I feel that if somebody stole some of my work, even if it was like, hey, go and get published, I would not be happy about it. It's like things are drafts for a reason. Yeah, but this would be, she would have known what he's been working on. And I'm assuming, right, that she was under the intel that he had something he maybe wanted to publish but didn't have the confidence to. And so she went and did it for him. I don't think she's picked a random piece of writing. No, she's picked a specific piece of writing, which he feels very strongly about. It's like called 10.05.08 or something or 10.805 which Dan refuses to explain the the significance of. So obviously it means something important. Until later. Yes. Foreshadowing. That's the foreshadowing jingle that we're going to have. Nice. Um, Still, you don't just publish something. Like there's editing involved and there's like consent to have it published. It's like there's a whole whole thing that you got to go through before you don't just submit things to the new yorker and go yeah well it's published now um i'm i'm willing to hand wave it because i feel this will definitely blow up in vanessa's face at some point so i'm okay with that i think it's a beautiful gesture and i think it's this is for me like this is this is more setting up that like oh vanessa means business for getting dan because that is an extremely thoughtful extremely beautiful gesture that, like, oh, as we find out, puts Serena in a little bit of a pickle. Well, yeah, Dan calls it the best present ever. Yeah. And this is big, this is big thing for him, Serena. Like, first Christmas with your new partner, Mm -hmm. oof. Mm -hmm. It is, oof. Yeah, she's got to make a, this is almost as big as the first New Year's with your partner. Yeah, 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 okay. To some, maybe. And My I, love language is gifts. So for me, <laughs> New Year's gifts, gifts are just years. a thing. But like, I, I still remember my partner's first Christmas and spending like a stupid amount of time trying to find the right thing. And what did you get in return is the question. Because this is, episode is all about returning gifts. and Well, not returning gifts in the sense of taking them back, but um, giving gifts and receiving gifts. I don't me- remember. <laughs> Do you want to go with that again where you're not yawning? I I don't remember. I, I really don't remember what I got. But I don't care. See, this is the thing. My love language is gifts, but I actually more like give, like the act of giving. Like, I do like receiving gifts as well, but I fucking don't remember. That's so do you so think, bad. Do you think the Dan Humphrey uh, classic present of a mixed CD would, uh, would have sufficed? I mean, again, thoughtful, thoughtful, because you've gone on to the act of like personalize something. But yeah, see, I mean, it's Serena. I feel this is just me using some of the, mm. the research that I have done um, re- around some of the creation of this show that the, the Dan Humphrey mm-hmm. mix CD isn't so much a Dan Humphrey thing as it is a Josh Schwartz thing. I think that's something that the the producer and showrunner of the show does for all of his friends. He makes yeah. them a very personal mixtape, um, mm. but it, it's it's his stuff. He, he's the one. Yeah. yeah, it's very um, putting putting the showrunner into Dan's shoes right there. I think it's 
well, mixtape is a bit more about you as well. I guess you could choose songs that you wouldn't listen to today, but usually a mixtape from like is all your favorite songs that you're trying to give to someone that make you think of them. It's not their favorite songs that's, that make you think of them. Does that make that's sense? true. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, yeah. the the one of the most thoughtful gifts that I've ever received was a mix CD from a partner who knew I loathed Christmas working in retail, uh, and so made me an anti Christmas mix. Uh, which was all things like The Killers and um, The Ramones and um, Blink-182 and a whole bunch of other songs that I still nice. really enjoy. It's like I get that out every Christmas. Just to, It's still quite nice. nice Christmas songs, but it's also Christmas songs for people who don't quite enjoy Christmas as much as you'd expect. So, Alison, okay, I have some problems with Alison and Rufus in this oh, sequence. You, can, you know what? Just cut that sentence and just, I have problems with Alison, full stop. Sentence I, complete. I do have some problems with Alison as well in this episode. Alison is not a, a good person in this episode uh, because she starts off bickering with Rufus, complaining about the cab ride because he was quite happy to wait for the train, but Alison, um, not so much. I can't believe we just took a cab for $32. Well, I can't believe you were going to wait an hour for another subway. They said another train was on its way. Uh, excuse me. Pardon me. Oh. Rufus, Alison, hello. Hi. Oh, Rufus. Uh, you remember my friend Bartholomew Bass? Hi, from uh, Eleanor's. Yeah, hello. Eleanor's? Oh, this is my wife, Allison. Hi. How do you do? Well, it's lovely to see you both. Excuse us, please. I mean, I, I see no problems with waiting an hour for a... He, actually, no, here is my problem. Do you remember a couple of episodes ago when uh, Jenny didn't want to go to the to the opening opening uh, uh to, yeah, to allison's yeah, yeah. opening and she ended up yeah. getting grounded it was a whole thing and now jenny yeah. is performing at her school doing her little santa mm. baby completely out mm. of time dancing with the rest of the, mm. the group and who shows up well after the performance it's allison and rufus it's like kind of kind of not really running a great show for parenting right there you two um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And Jenny doesn't seem to mind at all. Jenny doesn't even mention it, but it's it feels it feels bad. Really, the reason they're running late is so that they can run into Lily and Bart, uh, good dad Bart mm. Bass, as um, as I keep explaining. <laughs> Meek does not agree. No, but I can't say anything. No, you can't. You can't. That's that's true because um, anyway, it's super awkward for for all parties concerned except Bart, who's just like, Hi, pleased to meet you, strangers. Yeah. And although Lily does call it out and it's like, well, this is kind of awkward. And he's like, well, if you could just tell everyone that we're dating, that would make it a lot less awkward. And here, this is yeah. why good dad Bart Bass, he is trying to communicate. He wants to be open and honest and upfront about his relationships. And Lily's all like, um, no, I'm going to, I'm going to be all, because last time, last time you, you hurt me. It's like, no, you were miscommunicated by Chuck to mm. think that Bart was cheating on you, which he wasn't. So far, Bart mm. has done nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. So far, Bart has done nothing wrong. That is a correct statement. Yeah. So, so far, good dad, Bart mm-hmm. Bass. Mm-hmm. 
certainly all I'm sure all the Gossip Girl fans, all three of them, will be sorry, all three of them that listen to this show uh, will be clamoring at me saying, oh, my God, something horrible is going to come along. And that's foreshadowing. No spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. Thankfully, Lily is interrupted by having to give a reason why she doesn't want to admit that they're dating by Blair arriving uh, and Blair carrying a bunch of candy cane. She uh, subtly tries to find out where Chuck is since he disappeared mm-hmm. at the end of the last episode, uh, trying mm-hmm. to find out from his father. His dad doesn't seem too fussed about it. Chuck's in Monaco, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think it was. But that makes Blair sad. Because she loves him because they're soulmates. Is that why she was fucking they... hate at the end of the last episode? Yeah, but like she wasn't really like. I mean, it looked was, like she like, was. She was... <laughs> looked like she I really mean, like, was. Like physically, maybe, but not mentally. Physically, Nate was inside her, but emotionally, it was Chuck. <laughs> Yeah, I think you said that sentence. I did. I did. I will. You know what? I will give that. That Chuck Bass lives rent free in Blair Waldorf's head. Yeah, there we go. That's what I was trying to say. Because she does um, text him and being like, "Hey, what's the deal? What's up? Why are you in Monaco?" I love you. No, she doesn't mention that. No, but like again, it's implied. Oh yeah, yeah. You don't mention. You don't text someone in Monaco and just. Just to say hi. It's like, he's in Monaco. Yeah. He's drinking. He's having fun. Yeah. Uh, then she well, runs into Serena. Not. Well, maybe yes. not. Uh, so runs I into Serena. <laughs> I'm, try- I'm trying to get through the episode. I'm trying to get through this first, se- first scene. First okay, scene. I'm just going to say. Sh- we're, nearly, we're nearly out of the first scene. It's fine. And Serena scurries up to her. Bounces probably up to her, as Serena is one to do, like the big puppy dog she is. And asks, why have you got so much candy? We get to find out that Blair's dad's back in town or is going to be back in town. And uh, just for the Christmas Eve, he's not going to be there for Christmas Day, which makes Blair sad. But she has a plan, a cunning plan, to convince him or trick him, I think she says, into moving back to New York. Uh, Because the scandal is now gone that he's gay and is is sleeping with a model. Uh, So he can come back to New York and they can be a family again. Hooray. Hooray for Blair. Um, but Serena did actually want some help getting a present for Dan, but mm-hmm. Blair's like, nah, just get him a present for his, his little doll and we'll be done with it. Uh, which <laughs> is not helpful. I love it when Blair is just not at all helpful in the relationship between Serena and Dan. It's like, don't care. Really don't care. Yeah. I'm just going to jump in my cab, go see my dad and that's it. I'm done. Yeah. Well, I think to her, the gift is Serena, right? Like this kid, in her head, this is a dude who is batting so far out of his, like, you know, range. That she's like, you could get him anything and he should be thankful. So this is a, this is out of my, like, necessary to-do list. Like Blair heading off in her cab quickly shows up at her penthouse, uh, as seen mm-hmm. on Hawkeye. And... <laughs> Her dad is there. Return of John Shea. Uh, return mm-hmm. of Lex Luthor. Uh, and he has brought a guest, which um, Eleanor Wardoff is a friend. Uh, he has brought Roman. He is a lover. Roman. I love Roman. the way they pronounce it too. Roman. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. it's always a Roman. I've written it down like seven different ways because it feels like every single character has a different way of pronouncing his name. Yeah. Roman. But <laughs> I love there's a little bit of attitude between Blair and her mother in this scene where Blair's all like, mm. mother, why didn't you tell me? And Eleanor's like, I didn't fucking know. Yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. know she was coming, but Blair's all mad at Eleanor for it when obviously mad yeah. at her dad and gives away, oh, poor, poor little Blair giving away her massive candy cane to Roman. Uh, so Roman. they have their tradition, mm-hmm. which is just, it's a weird tradition to begin with. But the fact her dad yeah. doesn't even notice this. No, but I think it's also the fact that once you have this much money, you can have so many weird traditions and no one can judge you because it doesn't, like, once you have money, you can do anything. Is it? Yeah, I guess so. You've got, like, weird traditions of, like, beating the peasant boy in um, every Christmas, every Boxing Day. I mean, that's not exactly where I was going, but, like, sure. Sure. It was, I was more thinking of like those weird family trips. You know, you see like those celebrity families go off and they do weird things, and then they like didn't the Kardashians for like Who? Halloween this year? The the do you fucking know? Uh they like covered the inside of their house like white, or maybe it was for Christmas. Anyway, but they cover every piece of furniture gets covered in like white fabric, and that's a thing they do, or they did. I don't know if it's a tradition. Why? Would anyone, is it like supposed to be snow? I don't, I don't know, but I'm just, that's, this is what I mean by like, once you have money, you can do whatever you want and like, without explanation. Honestly, the giant candy cane makes more sense than that. The giant candy cane is like, hey, here is something that we had one Christmas and now we share it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Still, Harold Waldorf, not a great dad for not even noticing that Blair just gave up part of her childhood right there. He's, um, He's not doing particularly well in this episode. I mean, he has been in for like three seconds. Let's cut the guy a break. Mm, no. I refuse to. I refuse to. He hurt Blair's feelings and that is not on. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Look, as a, as a, as a Blairdicate, that's fair. Speaking of hurt feelings, we've got the annual... Well, actually, speaking of, of Christmas traditions, uh, we have the, the poor people tradition of reading Christmas cards as they have been sent to you, including the one from the Smiths. Now, I checked to see if it was actually the band, the Smiths, sending uh, letters to to Rufus Humphrey. I th- it, it could have been. I feel like that could have worked. But there's a, a bit of a gap between the times that... There's no overlap between the two um, t- time periods when they, they were performing. So it's probably just some family called the Smiths. Maybe. Let's not go down there. I was about to come up with a whole like rabbit hole conspiracy, but maybe let's not do that. That's that sounds good and plausible and well thought out and logical. Do you know sometimes the most obvious thing is the right thing? Yeah, there's just some. Well, see, I, I, it would have been cool because Jenny's all like, "Oh, they're so boring. They're just called the Smiths." And it's like if it was the actual Smiths, the band, it'd just be a nice little burn on Jenny. That would be fun. But then we get a, a wonderful burn on Allison because the next. Um, Next letter that Dan reads out is actually a, a a note from some guy called Alex being like, hey, Allison, I'll see you tomorrow. It's like, that's not a great Christmas card, but I, maybe just a letter. Nope. Nope. Yeah. 
why why would you send that in a letter like these we have phones in this like you know this is yes it's 2007 but we had sms's and like texts and no only children know how to use text in this in this world yeah that's true actually i haven't seen any adult with a piece of technology yet yeah i feel that rufus and allison both uh decry any form of of technology yeah yeah i hadn't picked up on that yeah, they can't afford cell phones for anything besides their children. They're poor. I, said I, thought, I reckon they just wouldn't believe in it. I don't think it's a, a matter with that one with money because you could get a family plan at the, like, you know, I think it's just they don't believe in it. Actually, that's not until... true. Because we see later on uh, Rufus is actually making a call on a cell phone. That's true. Maybe he yeah. just got one for Christmas. Maybe um, Allison just hasn't discovered the use of burner phones yet. What are those phones you can get for older people that are like super easy to use and have to be? Are they called grasshoppers? Sure. That sounds familiar. No, but okay. <laughs> I'm not old enough to use one yet, so <laughs> give it time. Give it time. Okay. All right. I'll put it away for your 60th. I'll get Fantastic. you a grasshopper. Thanks. Next year. Yeah. And this year I'll just get you a grasshopper cocktail because we're young. Oh, and sweet. Youthful. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. And Allison and Rufus are not great at hiding their little fight from the kids. They just kind of step no. away and whisper. Uh, Stage whisper. <laughs> and Allison's all like, oh, no, I promise it's over. And they're like, cool, let's just pretend that didn't happen then. It's like, yep, that's healthy. Yeah. Pull shit down. It's the most Upper East Side thing they've done so far. It Just is. repress those feelings. Push uh, them down. Art comes from repression. It can. I mean, this is what we learned about Alison, that she, when she was all mad at Lily, um, she mm. pushed it down and turned it into one-act plays about, uh, yeah. what, what was it, the character's name that she, I don't know, Lulu or something. Millie? Millie, that's right, Millie. I think it was Millie. I remember yeah. it rhyming. Oh, Allison, I can't wait till you leave, till you potentially aren't here anymore. Yeah, it's not great. No, it's not looking good for you, Allison. Honestly, um, Rufus has been nothing but a, a good father, and uh, you are dalliancing with some Alex person. We we dis- disapprove. Ugh. We disapprove. Yeah, yeah. In what do we approve? We well, you know what we approve of: ice skating. So cute. Had you, you been to New York? Is that I right, have. Jeremy? Have you been to New York before? I've been to Did New you York. Ice skate? Like, were you there? I was there at skating? Christmas, in fact, uh, one year. Oh, my gosh. I did not go ice skating because I'm a very bad ice skater. Roman is much better at ice skating than I am, uh, which is saying something if you've seen this episode and see the, the clip of it. And so a few friends, I believe, went to Rockefeller Center to go ice skating and we kind mm-hmm. of wandered around. I think that's when we got hustled. It was, um, oh. yeah, yeah, that'll come up. Okay. That'll come up. <laughs> it's not a great yeah. story. But Blair and Eleanor are walking to the ice skating ring. This, again, is another tradition that Blair and, and Harold, her dad, have. Uh, mm-hmm. They go ice skating in Central Park, which, yeah, you, you do that. There's some nice well, There's some nice skating rinks there. It's like, why not? Many. I have notes here about fashion. I have no me. idea what they mean. Oh, what have you written down, Ari? I'm I'm intrigued. I don't know. I've got. I am not a fashion person, but what 
is this a TV thing or an NYC thing or a fashion thing? They're walking in the park. Wait. All oh, in caps. Okay, hang on. I haven't. I don't know what it means. I don't remember. I'm excited. Hang on. Let me bring up. All right. All right. Let me. I, I didn't register anything of particular note, but that's not to say it's there. Let me bring. I'm bringing up the scene. I think it might be the very 1950s look that Blair and her mother have. And Blair, I can understand, but her mother, like, Eleanor doesn't really buy into the 1950s thing that Blair seems to have going on. Wait, I still don't get, no, okay, I'm looking at the scene now. They've both got berets on. Yeah, I don't know, honestly. It's cute. Yeah, no, I don't, but it's not like, yeah. I didn't notice on this watch through. Well, I'm I'm pleased that you at least went to the effort of taking notes on it, which means that that's that's, that's still, that's you entering into the world of wanting to make a comment on the fashion of Gossip Girl. Yeah. And that's a win. It is. Blair is is very unhappy that Roman is coming ice skating and she's trying to get Eleanor to, uh, I guess, lure him away uh, in some fashion. Mm-hmm. So she the Blair can continue to ice skate with tradition with with Harold alone. Um, which Eleanor is it does have something to go and do. She's got to go meet with the Victoria's Secret uh, person. It seems mm. like the whatever the Waldorf line is. Uh, seems to be going into yeah. Victoria's Secret, which is fantastic. Mm. And Roman is very interesting choice. You reckon? Doesn't for me personally, doesn't really sit with like Eleanor designs, but she was going into the youthful market, so maybe. But I don't know. Victoria's Secret to me just screams LA. Yeah, yeah, that tracks. And not New York, like Agent Provocateur. Oh, I guess Agent Provocateur is very LA as well, actually. Is there maybe any sort like- of lingerie that is New York? Well, I would say like, you know, like your Dita Von Tees or your like La Perla or like maybe those more like classy. So wait, is, is Eleanor supposed to be the... like a Dita Von Tees? Is this no. something we're not familiar with yet? No, I guess not. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she should just put her own. I just, I don't know. I just feel like Victoria's Secret thing feels like a bit like, ugh. Yeah, it feels like, hey, we got a brand name to, they got sponsored by Victoria's Secret this week. Pretty much. Like yeah. that's what it very much feels like. Yeah. And there is a bit of a plot point for it, I guess, but that comes up later. Roman, of course, yeah. is super excited about this because he used to be a model, mm. or probably still is a model, honestly. And Blair's like, cool, I'm just going to push Roman and Eleanor so you can go talk about fashion things and I can talk to daddy. Yeah. Uh, which is when Harold reveals to her that he's not coming back to New York. He's bought a chateau, as you do mm. when you're a rich person. You just go to Par- go yeah. to France and buy chateaus. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what we do. And, oh, poor, poor Blair. Pretty shook by that news. Yeah. Um, that her dad's just left entirely, basically. She, and hasn't told yeah. her at all. Yeah, she definitely has, like, a very strong relationship with her dad. And, like, it kind of doesn't see much wrong with him. Like, it's very hard, I think, for you to tell her of faults with him. It's true. He's a bad dad, though. He's really bad at communicating. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is un- unfortunate. Anyway, well, it does kind of explain why Blair is the way Blair is. Strong and independent. Although she does get a bit of it from Eleanor as well, because as we see, um, a silver fox gentleman, I think we can call him a silver fox, uh, approaches her with a young girl in tow and is all like, oh, I'm looking for the ice skating rink. I'm here with my niece. She's like, it's behind you, you dolt. 
Uh, pardon me. I'm taking my knee skating, and I can't seem to locate the rink. Well, it's, it's right over there. Of course, the throng of children and mittens should have tipped me off. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. The handsome man was just flirting with you. It's absurd. He was not flirting with me. Uh, and not when he realizing yes not realizing he needs needs ramon to point it out to her that uh that guy's totally flirting with you mm-hmm. i think the actual line is the handsome man was flirting with you <laughs> yeah uh, but so yeah tricky, but eleanor's i love the fact that roman like rom sorry roman 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 uh, Points. And we could just do that for 40 minutes. We honestly. could. So we fun. could do that for three hours. We had before. Roman. Roman. I love that Roman. Oh, I love that Roman pointed out to her as well. Because I think that's setting up the idea that like, because it seems like they've been together for what, at least six months? At this uh, stage? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Serena comes back after the summer away. Because uh, so, yeah, this would be about or at least four months or so. Yeah. Oh no. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Because it happened at the start of a while ago that Roman and Harold hooked up and moved away. Uh, so obviously, yeah, about six months. I'm trying to work out what their couple name would be: Roman and Harold. Would they be Romald, like Ronald, but like with an M? Romald. Uh, I can't even say it. So I would have said Haromon. Oh, and this is how you can make NPC names. Yeah. Just take two names and jam them together until you get a new name. The port menu is See? a good way of making D &D. Uh, character names. Yeah. Use the what? A, the port menu. The port menu is a French term, French, uh, for oh. jamming two words together. Port, say it again. Port menu. All, all the French listeners can tell me how I mangled the pronunciation, but you know what? Don't write letters to me. I don't care. I don't care. I'm saying it the way I want to. <laughs> I'm going to say Roman the way I say it, and I'm going to say Portmanu the way I want to. Portmanu. Oh, did you? Do you want to know a fun fact? When I totally didn't live Google that, in the example that Google gives you, it says uh, a word blending of sounds combining two meanings. For example, podcast yep. is a Portmanu. A word made up coined from the combination of the words iPod and broadcast. That's correct. And who uses iPad pods anymore? Figuratively, lots of people. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Figuratively, yeah, we're all. It's a I thing. mean, in our souls, we're all an iPod. In our souls, we're all an iPod. <laughs> I'm I feel very that tired. That's very deep or either just completely insane, and I'm not sure which. <laughs> Skating goes well. It does. With Roman. It does. Roman. Until, well, until we've, we're, missing, we're missing a oh, scene sorry. because because Blair at least hopes that Roman will be bored and not stick around for the ice skating itself. But he's like, no, it'll be fun. I will go ice skating. I will enjoy this thing that I have apparently never done in my life, despite living in either France or or New York for quite a while. Uh, and Blair, some for some reason, blames Eleanor for this. So... You know, mm -hmm. as Blair does. And then we get the scene. Mm -hmm. This is a scene I do want to talk about. The scene okay. where uh, Serena shows up with a gift for Dan. 
I mean, he's kind of going through ah. his whole whole look at all these people who have been in New Yorker, and Vanessa's like, "Well, you're kind of good now too." I guess it's it's great. Uh, this is where we get the mention of the the CD mix of of Dan mm-hmm. Humphreys, uh, and mm-hmm. Serena has arrived with a watch because she's like, "This is the best thing I could think of to get you. Look how cool it is because you don't have a watch, and now you're going to be like all busy and have appointments and stuff." And she has no fucking idea what to get him. This is so babbling of. It's very Serena, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Dan, with his perfectly wooden expression of, uh, I am not thrilled by this, kind of clues her in that she may have overdone it. Yes. Because yeah. this would be at least a, like, $15,000 watch. Oh, for sure. Oh, maybe not $15,000. I'd say $1,500. Was I it? It's, that, oh, I'm going to go back and... Is it, yeah, you have... A, you have a look and see what type of watch it is. I feel that even Serena Vanderwoodson's not going to be dumping $15,000 on a watch. How much do you think a designer brand watch goes for? Just quietly. Just, just. Five grand. Okay. <laughs> I am going to have a very unpleasant awakening, <laughs> I feel. Okay. It's I a watch! Because I. I, yeah, but like, okay, so watches are like, okay, so do you know how much like a designer handbag, say like a, a Louis Vuitton Speedy? How I don't much know what would that a is. Louis Vuitton? Okay. So, but let, you know let's say, is, I so would right. say eight grand. Okay, that's not crazy far off. I mean, then you've got things like your Hermes, which you're on a wait list for, which can go for like 150K. Oh, yeah, I like figure if, if you've got a wait list for something, then yeah, rich people are stupid. Give us money, please. I don't <laughs> All right. They don't actually disclose the brand of the watch, but looking at the size of the box that it comes in and it's black. This being said, I would not they... pay more than $80 for a watch. Hey, you wouldn't even go three digits. No. I have a watch. I have a very good watch that I have not worn in at least 12 years because the band broke and I have been too lazy to fix it. And that is my watch. All right, so for something like a, what would this, uh, I'm trying to think of brands that would have a black box. Wouldn't be Cartier because they're like reds. I reckon she's sunk at least, I don't know, I still think it's going to be close. To, it could be up to 10K, honestly. Because you're looking at like 8,000 for like even your, like a tag or a, yeah, I, I, watches are expensive, yo. I was going to get my husband a watch recently, and then I was like, oh, this sucks, because to get a good one like I wanted was like, yeah, shitload of money. Okay, so we'll assume that, that Serena has just dumped a lot of money into this. Yeah, but like, it's, somewhat it's an extremely gift. excessive gift. Yeah. 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 Yeah, which Dan seems to recognize, and he's just like, I don't, I don't need any of this stuff. Like, I buy my dad a book mm. every year. And that's pretty much mm-hmm. all I, I need to do. Um, it's just mm-hmm. too elaborate. So he, Dan, laying out some good guidelines, some good boundaries, um, because he mm-hmm. can't accept a gift like this. I guess she just gets to take it back and go, oh, no, he didn't like it. And I'll just get a refund. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Store credit, probably, because uh, she'll be yeah. shopping there again. Uh, she'll ladies- just gift it on to someone else. Yeah, I'm sure that Eric needs a watch. It's like, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Probably suits him better anyway. Uh, so they set up a little, not a competition, but what they're going to be getting for each other, uh, which is a limit of $50. They have until tomorrow morning, mm-hmm. 
which is, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. like the day before Christmas, like they're on Christmas Eve right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, that's kind of it. Those are the entire rules, <laughs> a deadline and a price limit. Great, yeah. great planning, Dan. Uh, one, and that is quite possibly one of the most stressful situations you could put anyone in, especially for a new couple on their first Christmas. Like, actually, that makes me, like, that would be my worst case scenario. I can't even remember what Dan gets. Uh... Oh, we'll find out. We'll find out. Um, because as as Serena goes to leave, Vanessa kind of holds out the olive branch. She's like, hey, if you know, if you need some help. I know where like a really good secondhand bookshop is that Dan really likes. And mm-hmm. that could be something that you could enjoy. And Serena's like, no, no, I got this. And my first thought was Wonder Woman outfit. Just Wonder Woman outfit. It's a proven, proven track record that it would work. So like, I've seen the OC, another Josh Watch show. I know you haven't heard of it, but. <laughs> I love the fact that you cut me off before I could even try and cut me some snarky remark. This is what happens to how many episodes in are we? Uh, 11. This is when the host has had enough of someone's shit. <laughs> no, this is a, a, vi- a pivotal scene where it was a Christmas gift, where one of the characters dressed up in a Wonder Woman outfit for um, as a Christmas gift. And it's like, hey, you could do it again. It worked last time. I mean, I don't think Serena... Surely Serena wouldn't be in a Wonder Woman outfit. Surely Serena would be better in, like... Supergirl. Yeah. I'm too excited by that. I was way too enthusiastic. Way too enthusiastic. Way I mean, too enthusiastic. All right. Well, if you want to go a deep cut, she could be in the Star Sapphire outfit because Blake Lively ended up playing Carol Ferris in uh, Green Lantern. Oh, true. True. Although she is, is a brunette, so that wouldn't work. I mean, Hawkeye was already out at that point. She could play Kate Bishop, but that's very clearly, as those who have followed my Twitter know, that's very clearly Leighton Meester. <laughs> and we will no longer oh. discuss that. Uh, I, was gonna, I was just going to sit back and let you go for 20 minutes as you just explain that to the general populace. Oh, it, no, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I've, I've had my medication. Okay. I'm fine. Well, going into things that will not be talked about and repressed, uh, Rufus shows up at the bar where Allison was going to meet Alex and very clearly mm-hmm. spots the guy who's looking at the door and goes, you're probably Alex. And it's all like, mm-hmm. I'm tough guy, independent rock star, Rufus Humphrey. I'm, you stay away from my woman, dude. Which is yeah. exactly, exactly how my note here just says, okay, Captain Spears. Because if <laughs> you haven't seen Band of Brothers, this is the most violent like scary military person that uh, Matthew Settle plays right now is like, yeah, I'm scared of this guy. I would not want to be on the wrong side of Ruthless Humphrey in this moment. Yeah. yeah. And Alex, to his credit, is like, um, she didn't actually tell me to stay away from her. In fact, she told me some other things and maybe you should sit down. It's like, dun, dude. Dun, dun. I love these stories though, when like someone's been cheated on by someone and then they're like, the person who was cheated on and the like the person that was being cheated with pair up and then go and surprise that person. I always love those stories. Does that make sense? So like, it you've does. Got, like okay, there's like a couple and yeah. then like there's the person out here and then this person goes to confront the person they're cheating on and this person's like, hang on, it's actually your partner's a dick. And then these two become friends Make- and then they go and confront. Audio medium. None <laughs> of our listeners can see you holding up the little puppets 
that I can see. We'll just have to make it a GIF and put it on the Twitter. If you do enjoy those uh, type of stories, you should check out John Tucker Must Die, which is uh, quite a good uh, movie. Where oh, I've seen that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's that sort of thing where three women who were dating one guy without realizing they he was dating all of them team up to basically try and kill him. Yeah, and it's That's really good. Old movie though, right? It is. It's probably around two thousand and seven. Actually, it's Sophia Bush uh, and um, Brittany Snow. Actually. Oh my gosh, I haven't heard that name in forever. So while Meek googles Wild. that, we will talk about the the skating scene that. That uh, is, I like this scene. I don't like Gossip Girl's voiceover. Uh, so go get fucked, Dan. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Blair is basically just leaning against the the side and being grumpy at as uh, Harold tries to teach Roman how to skate and getting text. I think she's trying to send text to Chuck. Uh, and eye-rolling as her dad calls out to her, be nice to my boyfriend kind of thing. And she does get yeah. she gets a text from Chuck, and I fucking loathe Chuck for this. This is the worst. This is the worst he's been in all episode, and he's barely in it. Do you well, remember what he sends? He's not, he's, he's not in it, right? Like, no, he's not. I feel that they just wanted to give, che- um, give Ed whatever his name is uh, and, and Chase Crawford uh, like a week Swift. off. Ed Westwick and Chase Crawford oh, yeah, a week shit. off. I just yeah, realized Nate's, Nate's not in this either. Nate's not in this episode oh either. God, I didn't even notice yeah. until you just said that. Oh, poor Nate. I'm <laughs> didn't so even notice sorry, gone. Chase Crawford slash Nate. I genuinely, genuinely did not realize. That's so bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. It's fine. It's yes. fine. Either way, the, um, the, the text that she receives from Chuck, do you remember what it says? Okay, I have some problems with it. Firstly, because okay. personally because the the poor use of grammar and text speak is just stupid. No one does that anymore, Chuck. Uh, and it reads only one question: How did you fake your virginity for N? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. not a great look for for my man Chuck there. Yeah, I mean, again, I've said this before, and I'll say it again: that Chuck, he's butt hurt, right? No. Well, it's not the words. Chuck is a complex person, right? He's not, but okay. He is, uh, and he has a lot of anger in his world, and he hasn't really been shown how to, like, you know, be soft and open with people. So he lashes out, hence how we see him, like, be angry at Dan. Hence how we see him, like, be angry at Dan again. I'm sorry, be angry at Dan because he tried to assault Dan's sister and was punched for it. Yes, yes, that is uh, something that we should really feel bad for him about. He just doesn't know how to express his emotions. He doesn't. He doesn't know how to express his emotions. That's right. Do I condone his behavior? No. But do I see that there's, like, the potential for an amazing character arc and character growth? Yes. Yes, I do. So I think we should all remain open-minded. We shall see. Right? Rehabilitation is a, a vital part of healing. Yeah. Totally. So the character, you got to be, you got to have something to, 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 something bad to happen to be redeemed from. Can an oath of redemption paladin have nothing to be re- like? Can you be an oath of redemption paladin who's still good or hasn't done anything bad? I would say yes. 
because you're helping other people redeem themselves. So Chuck is helping Blair redeem herself. No. From, well, actually, you know what? Blair Eddie. does a very dodgy thing in the next mo- few moments as as yes. Roman is skating towards her and she's saying, oh, like, sweetness and lightness, come to me, Roman, come to me, uh, and just sticks out her leg and trips him over face face planting yeah. onto the ice uh that's not yeah. cool that's like very that's more bitchy than we've seen blair be before it's, it's fine when it happens to serena well. it is he's learning he is like a a child like a baby giraffe out there on the ice yeah. and she um ruined his chances of ever being a professional figure skater it's not cool and there's a moment when they pick him up and Blair's like kind of making, rolling her eyes behind the adult's back. I feel that Roman knows, knows sorry, Roman oh. knows what happens. 100%. He absolutely yeah. does. And this is why he makes him like an MVP throughout this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Roman for the win. Yeah. Yeah. Team Roman. Roman. We get a little bit of uh, exposition in the elevator. Exposition elevator. What you learn here, you'll use later. Well, if you want to explain how you hooked up with a waiter, or go over again why your best friend is a traitor, what you're gonna need? Exposition elevator. Yeah. Because we get to find, we don't get a shot at the ER. Where, where Roman had to go because Blair seems to have like either sprained his ankle or broken his foot. It's like, yeah, fucking hell, it's Blair. Then she's yeah. no remorse, no remorse whatsoever. She's like, no. oh, now daddy's going to be at the ER all afternoon. This did not back. This isn't my fault. Mm. And I'm just going to point out that Blair sent a guy to the ER. Like, not the first or last. No, but it's just like, yeah, this is just how it rolls. This is what I do. Yeah. And I reckon she could have sent Syringe the ER in that hockey match, like, oh, for sure. For sure. She was going to. It's like the first couple of were just tripping, and then she was actually going to hit her with the stick. Mm. I mean, the the ref was running out of colors. (laughs) And in this wonderful bit of exposition that Eleanor gives us, uh, we do learn, well, we start to learn that. Maybe Roman was not always so innocent as to steal steal his friends' boy, uh, husbands. Um, he has a dark past too, and of course Blair's like got her little scheming face on because Blair yeah. is wonderful for that. Love her little scheming face. She has ideas. Um, I do love that Eleanor's line is like, "He wasn't always so innocent, you know." It. My first thought was, "Did Roman and?" Eleanor and Harold have a threesome and that's how Harold Harold and Roman met. Is this is this is this where she's like, um, don't mention that ever again, Blair? That's freaking amazing. I right? hope so. Oh, oh, I hope so. So what happened? Because I I do think that Eleanor is a progressive, open-minded woman. Yeah. I can I can totally see that she would <gasps> I love well, it. 
she was married to Harold for quite a while. And as we saw in the Thanksgiving mm. episode, there did seem to be a sort of an arrangement that he mm. could sleep around a bit and hook up with, with models and things like that, as long as it didn't actually interfere mm. with the little fake life yeah. they had. And yeah. I'm certain. Yeah. And there seems to be some sort of genuine affection and attraction between the two of them. I find it difficult to believe that they didn't invite at least one of those models and just go at it when Blair was staying with Nate or Serena or something. Yeah. Or pre-Blair. Yeah. Is, As well. Does Blair even, is she even biologically Harold's daughter? Uh, yeah. We don't know. Sure, why not? Well, We're probably never going to sure. see him again. So sure, he can be her dad. So anyway, um, Eleanor says that the reason, the actual the actual in- lack of innocence in Roman was the his ex, Freddie. Uh, mm-hmm. It feels like that they just didn't, couldn't come up with a name. It's like, yeah, Freddie, sure. And the don't, don't, Freddie don't, has, a, has an air of, you know, arrogance over it. I wonder, Freddie. honestly, how well does Eleanor know her daughter? Because she's like, oh, yeah, Roman and Freddie don't get along and definitely don't mention Freddie to your father. It's like. What what do you expect to happen now? What do you think will happen now? You know who Blair Waldorf is. You raised her. Mm. So you know exactly what's going to happen right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, someone who doesn't know what's going to happen right now is Allison, as Rufus comes home and he is mad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. She's all like, hey, um, where would you go? And he's like, oh, I kept your date with Alex. He's really cool. I love that. I love that Rufus is like, yeah, that guy's really cool. You shouldn't be cheating on him with me, but um, yeah. Yeah, Nice guy. Nice guy. I could get along with him if it wasn't for you, you horrible, horrible person. And she claims that it was just to explain to him that she's with her family now and a whole thing. And they finally, since the kids are out of the room, they can actually have the discussion of what exactly is going on here. Would you have come back if Jenny hadn't found you? And she's like, probably not. Or kind of feels like probably not. And um, they both come to the agreement that this just does not work and probably never worked, to tell the truth. They just, Mm. yeah. It's sad that it happened at Christmas, but good for us. This always happens, though. I feel like even just in real life, yeah. I feel like it's that time where people are like, I don't know if it's that you're like New Year's in the horizon, so everyone's like reevaluating, or if it's just the stress of Christmas that finally people are like, fuck it, I'm out, like I can't deal with this bullshit anymore. I feel like I've seen so many like friends break up in December, early Jan. Yeah. Like long term relationships. Yeah, I guess there's something about the holidays being either a sense of renewal or so being stressful enough that all the problems kind of come to light. Mm, yeah. Which is why we get episodes set at Christmas and why you should have adventures set at Christmas. Really? because Or not so much Christmas, but certainly at holidays because everyone can kind of relate mm. to that drama, to that that moment where everything kind of comes to a head. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and the Humphrey... Like you want to Marie Kondo your heart at Christmas. Sure. Yeah, I like that. That works. There you go. I've got one simile to work today. <laughs> My work here is done. Wonderful. You can clock out for the rest of the episode. We'll get done in another 10 minutes. 
And the Humphrey kids, oblivious to the fact that their parents are separating, although not that oblivious, they seem to be discussing it a little bit. Just be like, yeah, we'll just keep um, keep Christmas light. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Uh, and they're talking about what some possible gift ideas for Serena might be. And mm-hmm. Dan has no ideas because he's Dan. He's not great at um, seeing empathy and thinking of others. Otherwise, he wouldn't have a blog that, like, spreads rumors about his his um, classmates. And yeah. uh, Jenny says it kind of sucks that they're in the hotel and don't really have, like, a proper home. Um, they don't live in a loft in Brooklyn and can have a tree like we do, even though we're mm. poor. And Dan, little light bulb, ding, above his head. And finally getting onto the D&D and RPG aspect of this episode, part of what I I like about this is that idea of gifts Mm -hmm. and making those into adventures, like that idea of having to exchange gifts between different characters. That can just be a fun element for for role-playing at your table. But also making them into a full adventure that you have to go, like the king wants a gift for someone and you've got to go out and get it for them. Like you have a a few different options of, well, you could go and skin a displacer beast and then make a displacer beast cloak or something, or you can go and steal the magical goose of, of golden eggs from somewhere. Like the idea of, of getting gifts and in return, you'll receive something as well. Like having different, different parties, particularly around the holidays when people do have a lot of things going on, it can be a way of splitting your group and being like, cool. So two of you are going to go and get something for the other two. And you're going to have a mm. mini adventure and the other people will come back next week and, you know, have a mini adventure themselves. Yeah. Have you done this in a game before? Not so much. Most of my Christmas games are around the traditional Santa sleigh um, type mm. of thing. But, yeah, it's something that I'd like to give it a try. What do you think your PC character would want, for like, as a gift? A hug. But they would actually, well, that's that's what they'd want deep down. But what they'd really love is a whole, well, you know what? This is a, a family-friendly podcast, so they can't, I can't answer that. <laughs> that's, nice. pretty, that's pretty much how my, one of my favorite characters, Dirk, would like to have Christmas. That's his, right. his ideal gift. But as I said, what he really wants is a hug because he's a sad boy deep down. <laughs> Speaking of giant penises, uh, Serena. Yeah. No, no, I can do. I can do. <laughs> Speaking of giant penises, uh, Blair is trying to call Chuck, uh, not because he has a giant penis, but because he is one. And okay, look, you know that if Ch- if Chuck was hung, he no, no, don't don't zip your lips. You I didn't know say if- anything. I didn't say anything. You you had a look, and we're going to get into this because this feels like the episode where we're going to get into this. If Chuck was hung. Everyone would know. Everyone would be like, yeah, Chuck Bass is a douche, but he's great in bed. No one is saying Chuck Bass is great in bed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I feel like Chuck is average at best. Sure. I'm <laughs> commenting on this. <laughs> okay. Okay. We've, we found the line. That's great. Uh- <laughs> yeah. I, I am... Yep, I have thoughts, and that's great. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep those thoughts. If you would like to hear those thoughts, contact Meek on Instagram. (laughs) I'll charge two dollars a minute, and I'll tell you all about them. (laughs) 
I, and speaking of phone conversations, uh, Blair is leaving a message for Chuck saying, don't tell anyone we had sex. Because that's the best way. Definitely leave that in a voicemail, uh, Blair. That's a great idea. Yeah. Look, and this is, again, a reminder. These kids, are they play teenagers well. Teenagers making dumb mistakes well. Certainly, certainly Blair makes a lot of poor decisions in this one. And Serena has been asked... Heartbroken. Oh, I don't know. She just seems to be under a lot of pressure. She's heartbroken from her dad, heartbroken from Chuck. True, true. I'll give you all that. I think she's just missing Nate. No, I don't think she is. I mean, she seemed to really be into Nate last episode. I don't think anyone is missing Nate because I haven't heard his name (laughs) once this episode. To the point where I literally forgot he was a character. (laughs) He's been referred to as N, which don't even get... The initial thing is so fucking irritating to me. I don't know why. Is it J? It just... Oh. mm, Hate it. Hate it so much. It works on a double level because J can be like a real another person's name. So that could be really confusing. I know. I hate it so much. I don't know why, but I do. And Serena's come by to basically use her old modeling login to help Blair out. Because uh, Blair is basically just hiring Freddy for some reason. She is seeking mm. him out on the one webpage that um, allows you to hire models in New York. Yes. This is the, the book, model. Book models, I believe book is models, the correct sorry. term. Book you, models. You book a model. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Serena would still very much like help finding this gift for Dan. And Blair is of no help. Uh, no. <laughs> my notes even here say Supergirl outfit. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, great Amazing. minds. Great, great minds. minds. And Jeez. Blair, I love that Blair's idea is just get something really, really good and tell him it was 50 bucks. He won't know. He won't. He doesn't know anything. No, Dan is stupid. He won't figure this out. Although, then again, he figured out that the watch was just not him, his style. So I guess he has an idea of what he, who he is. Mm. Uh, I love the little shot of them as well. It felt very friend-like because in this scene, Serena's just kind of leaning up against Blair and it's got her, her head on, like her chin on Blair's shoulder, like looking over at yeah. what she's doing on the computer. And it's like, that's cute. This is, I believe yeah. in them as friends here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It is a very cute scene. You get the feeling probably the actors, I think, by this stage as well, are starting to... You're starting to see that natural chemistry a little bit more too. Since Blair can't help Serena uh, finding a gift and she's pretty much at a loose end, she goes to see the one person who can help, and that is Vanessa, uh, who is still... Uh, seems to have had a full day shift at the one cafe in Brooklyn uh, where mm. they, they go all the time. And I will point out that the, they have the chalkboard wall, which I love. Uh, in the back where they mm-hmm. can put up all the day's specials. They keep it much cleaner than my chalkboard wall, uh, so I hate them, but it is very cool. <laughs> and she goes through the things that she's discovered or found for Dan so far. There's like a signed first edition or something of a book he loves. There's a poster of a movie he loves, and there's a really cool fountain pen. And Vanessa's like, mm-hmm. yeah, those are really Mont good Blanc. gifts for... Mont Blanc, sure. A white mountain mm-hmm. pen. Um, I don't know what that means. You know Mont Blanc. I know what Mont Blanc is. It's a mountain in France. No, like... You know the brand Mont Blanc. I have no idea what you're talking about. Is it a fountain pen? Like y- yes, but like it's like that. Like if you've been to Maya or like David Jones, you would have. I don't seen shop Mont Blanc. in either of those places. A Mont Blanc pen goes for around about on average eight hundred bucks. 
Okay, that is definitely outside the price range that um, that they set. It's definitely more than $50. Yeah. That is correct. I like that she can't even be like, here's a pack of Bix or something like that. She's just really bad at finding gifts below a certain price. So here's some and gum. You know what? I feel this with, uh, with Serena because I'm currently in the midst of Christmas shopping and I hate freaking, well, no. I love Kris Kringles, but I also hate them because I refuse to just buy for the sake of buying. And so if I spend over the Kris Kringle limit, I will to get something good. And I take right. a lot of pride in like making sure that I get good bargains. So it looks like I get something expensive, but I actually didn't pay that much for it. See, here's my my trick for Kris Kringles mm-hmm. in particular. Um, mm-hmm. I tend to get people books because I have mm-hmm. a very ready access to books. And because mm. of staff discounts, I can get very expensive books for well inside the Kris Kringle limit. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's, you, you go through your connections yeah. to hook yeah. people up. So it's kind of the same thing, finding a good deal and a bargain. And I want to yeah. talk about bargains and shopping in D&D and RPGs as well, because there are some groups that absolutely adore shopping. Mm-hmm. That this is the the reason that they they turn up every week, and when we were talking about prices earlier of how much the watch mm-hmm. would cost and how much the the bag mm-hmm. would cost and how much this fountain pen would cost, is it a fountain pen? Is it mm-hmm. okay? And mm-hmm. it's not like a clicker mm-hmm. or a, a, like an actual inkwell pen. I don't really know what these things are. I I use typey types and computers, and for the for the game master a lot of the time. You kind of have to learn the economy of these shops a lot of it. Like you have to figure mm. out exactly how much they would be charging for it and what's a bargain and getting into the haggling of it. And I would be interested yeah. to to find out from Meek and our listeners who really enjoys that. Like do you enjoy the haggling part? Do you feel like you've gotten a good bargain with this imaginary goal that you killed a goblin for and that you're buying this made-up sword? Is what are you getting out of this experience? Is my question. My last character who had like a plus, I had a plus eleven deception, mm-hmm. and I had so they they really were their thing was they would go into shops and pretend they were way more famous than they were and kind of try to get discounts that way. So whenever that fucking worked, that was the best um, because it was a way to haggle in a slightly different way. And every time my DM was very good at putting up new roadblocks because mm-hmm. it was very clear that that was my MO every time. I don't know. Yeah, I do. I do. I do really like shopping. Uh, I do find, though, I like to go shopping for very specific things. And you need to have, again, like I'm very lucky to have an awesome GM who knows especially what my style is and, like, knows that I, if I'm going shopping, I'm looking for something ridiculously fucking specific. And he knows that I will describe that thing and then he always plays up to it, which is amazing. Um, and the more outlandish the request, the higher the price. So, okay. So that is that question. I don't feel yeah, like kind of, kind of. You're like you're doing it for in character reasons. You're... Yeah, but yeah, yeah, exactly. But the character I'm playing now that because that one unfortunately died, rip, um, which I'm extremely sad about. But my new character is not at all materialistic in theory until my personal life comes into it again. So that's kind of gone out the window in theory, until I can't let it die because I, myself, meek, am very materialistic. So so, so would this character have been looking for bargains or was it just more like, I want the thing, I will pay for whatever the, the amount for the thing is? 
It kind of went in two ways. If they were looking for something for the someone else in the party, they would get the cheapest possible because they were also very like stick. Like their gold was their gold, and if it was coming out of party funds, they wanted to take the least out of party funds. But when they were spending their own money, it didn't really matter. Right. Because I, I yeah. feel that shopping, like you're saying, it's kind of a, a fun experience, like getting the, yeah. the thing you want. And some of them, like Critical Role is a great example. Shopping is a big part of the first campaign and like they devote yeah. a lot of time to it and there are some of the most amazing moments in the series come from them just fucking around in a potion shop yeah and yeah. looking at something like the adventure zone where they've got the fantasy costco of getting to go in and saying hey here's some cool items which people get to make up it's like yeah i feel yeah. that items and stuff are really important to D&D in particular, but kind of you go through something like Savage Worlds and there's page upon page of all the different weapons you can buy. It's like Mm. there's not that much difference, but hey, you've got the gold, so may as well spend it. And the reason I bring all of this up uh, is basically so Meek doesn't get to say anything else right now, but also uh, because Dan is not a things guy. Dan is an experience guy, I would say. He's more about enjoying things and... Serena is like, all he really wants is for it to snow at Christmas. And I don't know how to give him that. But Vanessa, Vanessa, you see, has a plan. Um, I assume. Yeah, look, yes, you know, that's the, I... That's the moment. <laughs> I don't love Vanessa. I think I've said this before. But I'm not going to lie. She, she is like hitting the girlfriend gift-giving thing out of the park right now. Yeah. Oh, she, well, she's been planning this for years. She knows exactly what to get Dan every single time. She knows him well enough that it's like, yeah, this is what you get, Dan, when he doesn't want anything. You get him something that will make him feel good. Um, Until she's been with Dan for like 10 years and then you run out of those yeah. cute ideas and then you just end up starting getting them Dan Murphy's vouchers because fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I feel that suddenly this has stopped being about <laughs> Vanessa. I used to be a cute girlfriend once, and then time happens. Oh, time, it keeps marching on, as does the podcast episode. And we go over to the Waldorf party uh, with with, um, Rufus calling Lily at the party, uh, which Mm -hmm. is, I don't know, he's kind of sitting out on his little, little loft and he's talking about something. I don't really get, I feel he's just like kind of calling her to talk to her. Uh, yeah, well, this this makes sense. He's just broken up with he's, his wife. He's, he's yeah. missing, he wants to talk with his his friend. Yeah, but but he also wants to talk with his friend. That you know, there's, there's been a bit of a like, oh, are you hey, potential, I'm his potential yeah. naked friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Are we going to are we going to address those pink Victoria's Secret costumes at this party, or are we just going to sweep past that? Um, I was going to bring it up once um, Eleanor was talking about the tree. Has that already happened? Oh, yeah. No, that's just straight after. And then, and then she, then there's the blatant product placement. Oh yeah, yeah. This happens even before because Eleanor's just kind of talking to someone and being like, "Hey, welcome to the party. Here's the tree." And it's like no interaction from the other person at all. It's just Eleanor monologuing about this tree from Victoria's Secret and how she just walked in and saw it and had to have it. And aren't those lipstick cute? Did yeah. you know that Victoria's yeah. Secret has lipstick now? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so bloke. It's so bloke. Oh, it's just because bloke? I know Blair so would bloke? not wear... No, blurg. 
Oh, Blurg. B-L-E-R-G-H, yeah. Okay, Blurg. yes, it's very Blurg. Blurg. Um, yes. I don't know. Mostly because I just know that Blair, I don't even imagine Blair would step foot into a Victoria's Secret. Oh, God, no. God, no. I think we've seen Blair in lingerie before and it didn't look like Victoria's Secret. No. That's just not her not style. all bad, but... I mean, it's, Blair in this party is like wearing what looks like a nighty. It, yeah. Some, it's certainly a diaphanous dress of some sort. It was off the time. Yeah, that's a good adjective. Yeah. Thank it's, you. It's, it's off the time. Off the time. So Yeah, it, it tracks, but I don't like it. Um, anyway, the... The point of this little bit is basically Rufus calling Lily and Lily's all like, oh, well, don't worry, I'm not going to be here for Christmas, so you don't have to worry about me too much. I'm off to somewhere with Bart. And then hangs up and's like, why did I tell him that? It's like, why shouldn't you tell him that? Are you off to somewhere with Bart? It feels like every time I watch one of these episodes, it feels like there's been a scene taken out somewhere. Mm, No, no. It feels right. All right. All right, it just feels like there's some extra bit for each of the conversations where I'm like, did did we know this already? Did should we have known that? Like, what's quite going it just, on? It's again, like, do you do like sometimes you just got to tell as a DM, you've just got to tell if you give hints, and then you, you, you and then sometimes you just got to say the narrative. And sometimes because you just go like, no, they mean this. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that's kudos to the show. Well done, Gossip Girl. I'm making sure that people understand your show. Yes, that's true. When you th- drop it on their head from a great height, they will understand what you're trying to get at. And it's fortunate that you do, because in some cases you need to. In this case, Eleanor, who had no idea that the Silver Fox was flirting with her, uh, is stunned to see that he's actually arrived at the party. He's like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Roman came and found me. Roman. He, d- he doesn't say Roman because he doesn't know Roman that well. So he says Roman. Um, but he, yeah. once he gets to know Roman a little bit better, Roman. he can say Roman like the rest of us and says oh. that, hey, uh, Ro- Roman came and found me and invited me. And Eleanor's like, well, have some champagne, I guess, and kind of storms off to find Roman and is very, very angry at him. Um, mm-hmm. Simply because he's like, why did you invite some strange man to my house? And Roman's like, oh, my God, he came. This is fantastic. Here, Here's all this information about him that I found. Out. I love this moment. He's so lovely, right? He is. I know. I know. It's so beautiful. This is one of probably my favorite moments from the whole, like, episode, to be honest. There's a moment earlier back when they first see uh, Jack, the name of the, the Silver Fox, yeah. that when Roman's like, the handsome man was flirting with you, and Eleanor's like, no, he wasn't, and slaps him with the handbag. And yeah. you get this moment of these two were really good friends. Yeah. Like they yeah. were actual friends. Like this was, this wasn't someone she worked with. This was someone that she confided in. This was someone that she had just a friendship with. And this is part yeah. of what happens next where she says, friends don't steal other friends' husbands. Friends. Yeah. Yeah. It's this wonderful little moment of they were friends and that they had a relationship and now they've been hurt or she's been hurt by this. Yeah. But just for that moment, you get to see what it was like beforehand. Yeah. It's like, I really enjoyed that. That was really sweet of them. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of friends, uh, Blair is calling Nate uh, to see if he's coming to the party and just to make sure that Chuck hasn't called uh, since, uh-huh. you know, they're friends. Yeah. 
and Nate's nowhere to be seen, as we know. Nate just doesn't show up in this episode at all. I think we get no. like a an answering machine of, hey, I'm not here, leave a message. It's like, yep, yeah, Chase Crawford got a, a week off this time. And Blair wanders into her bedroom where Serena and Eric and Vanessa are doing arts and crafts, um, yeah. cutting out something. And of course, Blair's like, don't get glue on my sh- on my sheets. It's like, Blair, yeah. you and your, you know what? I'm not going to say anything about your sheets, Blair. I'm going to be polite. <laughs> Today. Good choice. Um, she also, I, my notes here just say Vanessa is doing something. She does something as like, here, everyone look at this. And everyone's like, oh, wow, that's amazing. We're like, what? Okay. She's on a computer. She's, she's on a computer. She's that friend that like, you know, you know how you always have that one friend? Like I remember doing like uni group assignments, the one friend that could use Adobe like Photoshop. You know, yeah. There's like just that. And so that everyone just goes, can you Photoshop this for me? Can you Photoshop that for me? That's what Vanessa is. Oh, right. So she's Photoshopping something. Well, she's she's making something digital. Put it that. I can just making a PowerPoint we'll, presentation. We'll, she's she could be, but she's not. Do you know that's what kids do for fun nowadays? Make PowerPoint presentations. Yeah. That's not fun. Do you know that's like a hobby. That's work. I do that I for work. I agree, but this is a thing that the youth do. And if you're a youth out there, please don't explain it to me. Yes. But like, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's a yeah. whole thing. Speaking of youths. Uh, Vanessa, <laughs> look, they're youths. It works. Speaking of youths, uh, Blair's like, hmm, Vanessa probably shouldn't be here. I have, I am suspicious. And there's a look before that. There is a look. Because Vanessa says something, I think the line is something like, he's going to really love it. Or the, the word love is thrown in there somewhere. Yeah. And you see Blair go from like, oh, to oh, bitch. Yeah. Uh, and it's great. I hope yeah. one of my friends out there has my back like that. And she pulls Vanessa aside and being like, it's so great how you're helping Serena and it's so great and you must really care about Dan and how you know him so well and don't you just wish that it was you instead and just so you know, I'm watching you. Yeah. I love this yeah. Blair. This is the kind and of Blair I want all the time. And to, yeah. to cut her. Oh, not even cut. It's going to stab you in the fucking eye. That's what Blair would do. It's like, oops, you slipped. Yeah. It's like, I am scared of this Blair and I like it. And I love that it really cuts from Blair being like, cool, okay, so just so you know, someone's watching. And then it cuts, and Vanessa's just like, so I'm going to go. I'm just going to, I'm just going to yeah. go. Yeah. Rightly so. And I think um, Serena even says, so where are you going? And Vanessa just keeps walking, just leaves. Yeah. And Blair's like, so my work is done, and also leaves. Yeah. Which uh, lets Lily wander in. And be like, so we're going to dessert. I'm taking you out for ice cream. She kind of looks drunk here. Yeah, she looks like she's, she, yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Like, yeah, she looks a bit loose, put it that way. Yeah, she's tipsy. She's having a good night. She's mm. lowering her barriers so she can tell the kids. Well, she's very clearly going to kill the kids about Bart because mm. Serena's like, you only ever take us out for for dinner as the three of us when you're going to tell us some news that you're dating someone. So just don't. I'll find out who he is at the wedding. Um, yeah. I got better things yeah. to do. And oh, I, lo- I love the how they're so blasé about it. Yeah, I love it. It's great. And then she's like, well, fine. If you're going to be that way, I'm dating Bart. There you go. I'm dating Bart Bass. 
Yeah. Uh, and they do. They care a lot that she's dating Bart Bass. Much more. They should have gone out for dessert, honestly. It would have been much less of a, a blow to them if they'd had some gelato. <laughs> yeah. And he, he, both Eric and Serena have reasons why they dislike Bart. Um, I mm-hmm. approve of Eric's reason more than than Serena's. When you two are done hiding up here, I'm taking you both out for dessert. Can't, Mom, I'm busy. But this is important for our family. It'll just be the three of us. Mom, anytime you say it'll just be the three of us, it means you're dating someone new. Whoever it is, I don't care. I'll just see them at the wedding. Fine, fine. Then I will just tell you who it is because you're going to be seeing him around from now on. It's Bart Bass. Bart, Bart Bass. Bass. Mom. You cannot date Bart Bass. You just said a moment ago you didn't care who it was. That was before I knew who it was. He only has one facial expression. He scares me. And he raised Chuck. That scares me. Oh, Serena, as usual, you're being overly dramatic. Oh, you know what? It's kind yeah. of equal. Yeah, because it's the one that he made. He made Chuck Bass. That's Serena's yeah, he, reason, he, isn't it? Yeah, he raised Chuck Bass. He raised Chuck Bass. Whereas Eric's right. is, uh, he has one facial expression and he scares me. Yeah. It's like, you know what? That's that's fair. Both of those are very good reasons. It's like, you don't want to know where Chuck came from. I think even Lily says something like, those things aside, I still really like him. <laughs> yeah. She's not going to try and, like, fight you on those points, for sure. Uh, and also that she doesn't need their permission. She's having fun and she kind of, like, just wanders off. I'm really here for Lily's storyline in this episode. It's like she's just Lily kind of wondering. Lily doesn't give any fucks. No. She's just like. I'm doing what I, I want. I'm, yeah. I'm free. I'm independent. Mm-hmm. I've got a rich guy on my arm. I got some musician yeah. over in Brooklyn. I'm doing all right. Everything's coming up, Lily. Yeah. And we. But she does very much point out that um, marriage is not an option for them right now. That's why she's like, oh, don't worry about the, the 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 marriage part. You won't see us at a wedding uh, before she mm-hmm. wanders off because uh, they've only just announced that they're even dating. So it's going to be a... Yes. And I was just, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, ooh, foreshadowing. That's definitely not going to be an issue later on. And <laughs> here's the problem with this episode. The next scene, I forgot why Dan and Jenny are hauling a Christmas tree through the streets. I'd forgotten that Dan has a plot in this at all, apart from he's getting a gift from Serena. Oh, no, I remembered. Like, I like the moment. He's going to try and sneak a tree. He is. Like, I like the little little scene with them. Um, I like the little brother-sister moment of of Jenny realizing, oh, our parents are probably going to split up. And if I hadn't gone and got mum, then they probably would have just kept pretending that nothing's wrong for the rest of their lives. They just didn't live together. Uh, so this is mm-hmm. kind of my fault. And it's like, oh, poor Jenny. Poor Raggedy McCurchin Waffles. Yeah. You just need a hug. We almost got through a whole episode. No, I've got a counter of how many times I'm going to say it. Uh, and she does kind of bring the mood down with that, even though they're just wandering through the streets with this, with this tree. Which, um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but it's it kind of comes out of nowhere. It feels like there's been too long between them, and this it's not the most interesting storyline. It's just kind of this fun little aside in there. It's like, all right, well, cool. I feel like because there's been all the interactions with Allison and Rufus as well, so they've kind of been covering those bases in terms yeah. of like moving them. And this is now just the point of view, like 
what do you guys think? Yeah, it's the kid's um, point of view. Yeah. 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 And I, I don't know. I don't movatology, but that movatology. sounds fine to prof- me. Yeah. You're not a professional movatologist? No. Televisologist? Not like, not like some people. Certainly not me. <laughs> <laughs> you know who is a professional? Uh, Jack. He has a number of companies, as we learn from Roman and Eleanor mm. uh, going over to talk to him. I'm getting good at these segues, aren't I? You're so good at keeping this train on the tracks. It's great. <laughs> right? right? And we even talked about D&D a bit. Game. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. And I, Eleanor, so bad at flirting. I don't know where Blair got it from. Probably her dad. Um, talking to guys, it's much easier for, for him and Blair. Because Eleanor got no skills. She's just like, um... So, do you ice skate? He's like, yeah, I skate a little bit. How about yourself? Oh, when I was a little girl. He's like, you must have looked very lovely out there on the ice. And it's like, Jack got game. Yeah. Like, for and a guy. just like, ugh. Oh, 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 flail. Uh, flail, uh, man interested, yeah. flail. Danger, Will yeah. Robinson. My arms are flailing wildly. <laughs> Thankfully, she is saved by the arrival of James Spader Light, or as um, he's named in the script, Freddy. Yes. As he shows up, and I love that he just kind of walks in, goes, cool, champagne, I'm just going to take that. And he just kind of waltzes through the party. Um, Eleanor, vroomp, battleship in full full steam, heads over to him. What the hell are you doing here, Freddy? And he's like, oh, what are you talking about? I'm here for a party. And Roman, uh, oh, no, sorry, he's like, Roman invited me. And Roman's like, no, I didn't invite him. I did definitely didn't invite him. And Harold comes over and is like, Roman, why would you invite this person? And so much drama and melodrama. And Roman gets a little upset. He's like, how could you not trust me, Harold? As mm-hmm. though, just, you know what? Fine. Fine. If you're going to believe appearances. And he hobbles off on his crutches that Blair put him on. Yeah. Meanwhile, Blair is over on a chase with her flip flown, her query keyboard, uh, and a beautiful velvet headband, but looking extremely sus. Oh, so sus. She is, she is the cat that got the cream here. Yeah. And never before, or not so much in, never before in this series has it been more obvious that she's a 16-year-old girl in an adult party because she just lies down, not lies down, but certainly just kind of sits down on this um, thing and just plays on her phone while people around her talk about business and drink champagne and things. She's got no one her age there. Yeah. I 100% had that same thought watching that. I felt this is the best, this is the youngest she's looked or like the most teenagery. Yeah. I would even say the most looked. vulnerable. Yeah. I would be willing to say that the diaphanous dress that we that I mentioned earlier is pointing out that she is somewhat vulnerable in this moment. Yeah. Well, it's literally a baby doll cut. I, like That's what yeah. you would call that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel that was very intentional, the way they dressed her there. Mm. Because um, Eleanor, after Ramon storms off as best he can on crutches, realises, you know what? Uh, Freddie is here because Blair invited him. I put the mm-hmm. pieces together. I am smart. I'm not so great when someone's flirting with me, but I know when my daughter is up to shenanigans, probably, yeah. apparently. And do you you remember how Eleanor convinces Freddie to tell the truth? Uh, Yes. She 
it's some nice blackmail of like, if you want to like be in my catalog, I suggest that you tell us the truth right now. And then he just spills the beans that, yeah. what is Blade Blade? I promised him a cruise, a, a and, cruise a, and a gym membership. That's right. And then Eleanor goes, maha. Well, she doesn't actually do that, but she's like, she should. maha. Yeah. She's like, yeah. well, take your cruise and your gym membership and shove it up. Your, you're not being on my calendar, my catalog. Yeah. You'll be in my catalog when hell freezes over, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Get the hell out of my party. GTFO, Freddy. And this is why you need to be very particular about wording when you're making deals in D&D with like demons and, and things like that. Because she said, if mm-hmm. you want to do this, you better tell me. Never said I was going to give you a role. I was never going to give mm-hmm. you a job for it. It's like you. And I love that Freddy's just like, cool, see ya. Right? I did pretty well out of this. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Waltz in, waltz out. That's my entire role. Yeah. Uh, and Harold and Eleanor discuss, like, Harold's like, Blair could never have done this. Blair's so sweet. She loves Ramon. And um, Eleanor dumps the big bucket of cold water on him and's like, I wish you would just slow down for a second and let her be. Well, I just can't believe that Blair would do something so cruel. And to Ramon, who's only ever been completely kind to her. It isn't Ramon Blair's lashing out at, it's you. She was so looking forward to spending time with you alone, and then you show up at our doorstep with your lover. Without a word of warning, how did you expect her to react? Well, I hoped that once we were together, it would all work out. <sighs> I suppose that was pretty naive. Blair learned scheming from her mother and unrealistic dreaming from her father. She tries really hard to act all grown up, but don't you be fooled. She's still a little girl who needs her daddy. If that doesn't sum up Blair to a T, I don't think there's a better quote that we've seen. Yeah. It's like she's constantly scheming and constantly for things that are just completely unattainable. Yeah. Poor Blair. And again, it's that moment of her being a child in an adult world. And they say that she's act they she's always seemed like so grown up. And Eleanor's like, she's not. She is a child. And her mm-hmm. father has hurt her. Hurt her feelings. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. And she seems a lot more put together than she is. Yeah. It's like for someone who is so bad at reading Blair on any other occasion. Eleanor is spot on this week. Yeah. I think Eleanor does get Blair. I think she just literally doesn't have the time to... Or patience. ...to put towards her, really. Yeah, like, I think that's really it. It's not a case if she doesn't get her daughter. She just doesn't have the time to get her daughter. <laughs> I keep kind of conflating her with Lucille Bluth, Bluth from um, Arrested Development. <laughs> just, I don't care for Blair. <laughs> just, yeah. I don't care for Joe. Yeah. Tricks of what whores do for money. Uh, <laughs> no, that's true. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, speaking of siblings that we don't, that people don't care for, we see Dan and Jenny arrive at the hotel. And yes. they drag the tree halfway across the city, it seems. So they need a bit of a break. And Dan's wonderful plan to get the tree inside is mm-hmm. to have Jenny distract Dexter. Uh, great shout out to my boy Dexter. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the who concierge. we've mentioned in previous podcasts. Who, who has only been seen in, I think, two episodes, but he's had a line in one. Of, no, wait, he only got named in one episode, but he was in two of them. But clearly mm. Dexter is there a lot, uh, enough that Dan now knows him quite well. Uh, and Jenny's like, yeah, you can't actually carry the tree by yourself, so this isn't going to work. And that's when Lily shows up. This kind of still a bit tipsy, just kind of swaying a little bit and being like, Humphrey children, what are you doing in my hotel? <laughs> Humphrey children and tree. Humphreys, yeah. Yeah, and they brought a tree for me, uh, which is when Dan's like, yeah, they don't allow trees in the building. It's like, did did we know this? Is this something that we should have known before yeah. this scene? No, yeah, they did. They meant. I'm sure they mentioned it because that's how they came up with the idea. Because she can't have Christmas must be so boring because they're not allowed to have decorations and they're not allowed to have this in the hotel. Oh, I thought that was just Lily being a bitch. Okay. No, that's like all, a, all a their hotel. stuff was in in packing or something. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's a hotel rule. Like, because no, that makes right, sense. Like, that makes sense. I think yeah. that's just me not uh, paying attention. Okay. Uh, but Lily's got their back. She's very aware that Dexter is taking his job very seriously and there's no way they're getting in that way. But the service elevator where Bobby works mm. uh, and Bobby can be bought. Yeah. I wonder how does she know that Bobby can be bought? What has she had <sighs> smuggled up? <laughs> or who? Well, it's probably Bart. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Either way, they sneak a tree in. Well done. Yeah. That's a good that's a good ending to this plot point of three scenes. Yeah. Um, the tree gets to and we cut almost immediately to Serena and Vanessa in the gallery. And Serena's on yeah. like hangs up and is like, that was Dan. He's on his way over. I'm like, we just saw Dan delivering a tree. Is he just gonna leave yeah. Lily and Serena and Jenny to like put up the tree? Is that it? No, is that okay. So, Jeremy, I don't know if you know this, but in TV shows, right, they can't show you every minute of them, right, and except for 24, except for 24. That was an exception to the rule. So what they have to do is they do this thing called time skipping, and you just mm-hmm. have to mm-hmm. use your imagination. And you imagine that Dan has been decorating the tree and getting that set up, and now through the magic of your imagination, he's coming to see Serena. Oh, I see. See, I'm used to to montages, which is a thing from from film, not just TV. And montages are a thing. It was really kind of perfected in Battleship Potemkin. Is that and, is that um is that the character that Miley Cyrus played? It was Miley Cyrus no. and Hannah Mon- Montage. No, that would have been cool though. <laughs> I would have watched a show called Hannah Montage, where it's just montages and training out. training montages. No, no, that's staying in. That's staying in. That was amazing. No. Um, it does, as we know, it doesn't take particularly long to get from from Serena's place to Brooklyn where the the gallery is. So Dan could show up at any moment uh, now that he's called. So Vanessa's got a skedaddle. She's like, nope, out of here. Nope, out of here. And Serena's like, no, I'll tell him that you helped. She's like, no, don't tell him that ever, 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 ever. Why would you do that to me? Why? Um, Not even to just see his face. Vanessa, kind of sus. Serena doesn't pick up on it because Serena just assumes that everyone is quite as nice and full of joy and um, sunshine as she is. Yeah, and are just helping out from the goodness of their heart. Yeah. Uh, Which isn't... Well, we go back to Blair, who at this moment has Mm -hmm. nothing but bitterness in her heart. 
of mm-hmm. uh, being very upset because she tried calling Nate again. This is when we get the one line from Nate of, of an ADR uh, voicemail. And I, I feel for her because Serena's not paying attention to her. She clearly mm-hmm. just wants someone to talk to. And every time she reaches out to people, they're not there for her. Mm. Uh, it kind of sucks for Blair. But her dad comes in, gives her yeah. a non-apology of yeah. uh, asking for forgiveness. But he's like, he doesn't say sorry. He doesn't like explain that he was wrong in some way. He doesn't take any responsibility. Mm. And Blair's like, you yeah. know what? I was trying to trick you into moving back to New York. That's what I was doing. So I'm, yeah. I'm not going to beat around the bush about it. Um, and that she's worried that he doesn't have room in his life for her anymore, mm. which is very fair. Yeah. Um, because he has, he's moved on. He's off living in a chateau in France, as you do. Mm-hmm. With his new, with his new partner. His lover. And she, she says, are you going to have a commitment ceremony next? Because kids in 2007, gay people couldn't get married. I know, right? Isn't that wild? I clocked that as well. I was like, man, that's, I'd totally forgotten. That was a thing that is so recent. Right. In like and historical times. That the idea that they would be able to have a commitment ceremony and Blair just sees it as normal as a marriage, that was cutting edge for Gossip Girl. Mm. That was like, oh yeah. my God, look how progressive Blair is. It's like, mm. yeah. Now it's like, yeah. well, that's kind of um, conservative now. To say that they, yeah. it's only, only a commi- commitment. So anyway, we're not going to get onto onto gender politics. Well, it's not even gender politics. Onto <laughs> sorry, marriage equality. <laughs> marriage equality. Thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. I uh, and the, the reason <laughs> that that Blair was upset that there's no room in her his in Harold's life for her. He's like, of course there is. Of course there is. Here is part of your birth your Christmas present, and gives her a CD. The um mm-hmm. the old person version of a mixtape, or the other way around actually, because it's, yeah. it's not even a, it's not even a mix. It is a slideshow of his new chateau, of yeah. all the places, and he's like, and look, here is your room. This is the room that I have specially set aside for my daughter, who will come and visit me on summer holidays and get to spend the whole time in France. And look, we've got a cat called Cat because that's hey, a breakfast, cat. At, yeah, breakfast at Tiffany's thing, and Roman was the one that decided. To call it cat and wanted a cat. And again, Roman, MVP of the episode. MVP, yeah. Absolute MVP. Understanding Blair better than her parents do. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go. um, uh, Way to go, Roman. We like him. Yeah. You know who else likes likes pussy? It's Dan. It's Dan. (laughs) Uh, And that's kind of the, the thrust of this next scene as he shows up at the gallery and finds Serena sitting on a mattress on the floor of an empty room of the gallery with like snowflake mm-hmm. patterns all over the, um, all over the walls and the slideshow on the walls as well from the projector of, of snowy days. And then a fan going with confetti to make it snow inside. And she's like, I've got a picnic. And I'm pretty certain that Serena's like, I'm the picnic. I'm the picnic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He's impressed. He's like, you could have not have done this all yourself. She's like, no, I had help from elves. You know, as you do. Yeah. It's like being super. Yeah. I, mm, she's being super cute, cute and adorable. I was so frustrated. I'm just like, that's oh, it's so fake. It's so, her little giggles. It's like urgh, her nervous little giggles. It really bugged me. 
like acting, like you could see yeah. the acting or like... I could um, see the acting. Oh, it felt like Serena is a little too nervous and her little facade there, she's not being her honest self. Okay. And I like I honest... Think she- yeah, I like okay. honest Serena. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I love that she's brought him here for his present. Her present's back at his her place. So I, I don't have a present for you. Well, he's got a yeah. package for her, but <laughs> uh, he no, he does have a good present for her, and that is the um, original notes from the story that's going to be published. Uh, that he's got in a work, yes. a little notebook. Yes. And he because reveals, we find out yes what that date was what or what the, the number was indeed a date yes it was because it was set in a date format it was in fact the day that he met Serena for the very first time oh. and she has a wonderful little moment your story's about me and yeah you know what I feel that after let's say what four months less of dating he yeah. wouldn't have shown her any of his writing. No, no. Like that's super personal, private Dan Humphrey time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, for sure. Another part I love about it, she's so enraptured that the story was about her that immediately starts making out with him and yeah. undressing. And he's like, are, are you sure? And she's like, yeah, yeah, this is cool. I'm, I'm in for it. I'm down for it. She yeah. hasn't read the story yet. This could be like a horrible story <laughs> given his, his <laughs> beliefs about about the Upper East Side people. It's like, this could be like, I met this girl called Serena, but she was a total bitch and I'm never going to be with her and I hate everyone. <laughs> it's like, mm, Serena, read the story before you like put out for this guy. I'm sure she skimmed it. I'm sure she skimmed it. She's Maybe she's a speed reader. Maybe that's her maybe. secret talent that we're unaware of. And I, I don't want to like get too into it, but this was not my experience of giving stories I'd written to high school girls when I was in high school. Like, I... I wrote a lot in high school and I had a lot of people mm-hmm. read my work, but not one of them took me to a gallery and fucked me because of it. Did you write stories about people though? Yes. Like a romance? Oh, okay. Not romance but ones. Give- well, we don't know if it was oh. a romance one. It could be a sci-fi epic like I was doing. <laughs> I have a feeling that, that whatever the date was, like, oh, wait, you know, whatever, oh, five does not go into like, it was another day on the stormy space station. Like, I mean, it I could feel like it's that Look, it technically could, but I'm sure it is uh, just pages of him waxing lyrically about this blonde, you know, goddess that he has stumbled upon and fallen immediately in love with uh, on site. That is most definitely what it is. Yeah. His, um, his, his beating heart and his sadness that he will forever be lonely boy. Uh, because she doesn't even yeah. know his name. That feels like something that he would he would write. Uh, it seems to work, however, as they, yeah. well, let's put it bluntly, they fuck. It's been on the cards for a while. Um, it's the first time. It was most definitely missionary position. I feel that um, as wild as Serena is. <laughs> I'm just going crass now. It amuses me. I don't care. I, well, who knows? But I, is this all kinds you d- of cute? You disagree. Just, I, it, no, it is cute. It's cute. It's romantic just, and sweet. It's, it's so romantic. It's yeah. so, so romantic. Oh, God. It is, it's so it is really sweet. sweet. Is it an air mattress you reckon they're on? Or like she pulled a, a foam one in? 
Oh, it's probably an Amex. It'd be like an expensive one of those self-inflating ones, though, that only rich people yeah. have. Yeah. Not like yeah, the rest that's... of the stuff these fucking foot pumps. <laughs> it's definitely under $50. Dollars. Yeah. And it goes through... Well, we don't see the actual act because um, we saw a bit with Blair and Nate the mm. first time they hooked yeah. up. We saw a, not a huge amount with Blair and Chuck, um, but we kind of knew it was it was that drunk... I'll say groping because it kind of was the drunk um, hands everywhere type of thing. But this is the sweet, romantic, um, soft, sensual touches, the mm-hmm. fade to black, um, and then mm-hmm. kind of fade back up again the next day as they look up into the sky and see that it is, in fact, snowing in the morning. <gasps> For real? Oh, God, so romantic. Both of them <sighs> looking much too uh, kempt, uh, much too well put together. <laughs> for having a night of sex. And it's clearly like 4, 8, 4 or 5 a.m. Uh, when they wake up. Yeah. And I I don't know about anyone else, but I don't wake up like that at 4 a.m. Um, yeah. Well, I also am not Blake Lively. So, I, you know what? I honestly, hand on heart, reckon there's a, quite, there's a very real possibility that 4 a.m. she looks like that still. You know what? We'll message Ryan Reynolds later on and ask him. And it seems like they're not the only ones that stayed out all night because Jack is uh, sneaking out of Eleanor's room or Eleanor's sneaking him out of the penthouse. Uh, so, yeah, it is. It's the fucking episode. Way to go, Eleanor. Get yeah. some. Yeah. You yeah. met him like this morning. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. She must have some moves. Well, <laughs> like, it's a team effort. This is a no- two person game. My notes for this are Eleanor sneaking Jack out and then in little letters, oh my God. (laughs) Uh, Amazing. It kind of backfires on her because uh, Harold and and Roman return. Uh, All the flights were cancelled because of the snow. So um, they get to see, not, they get to see Jack's walk of shame. Yeah. he leaves the party in the same clothes that he arrived in which is what most people mm-hmm. do at parties but not the next morning yeah yeah and as at least, yeah. as jack leaves uh blair comes down and is super stoked to see that harold is back and it's a proper family christmas for her it's just what she wanted she gets everything she wanted for christmas it's a christmas miracle yeah yeah Speaking of Christmas miracles, Serena sneaks back into the hotel. I'm guessing she's sneaking in to avoid awkward questions from Lily rather than avoiding Dexter, uh, since Dan's mm-hmm. the only one that needs to avoid Dexter. But she sees the tree and she's like, oh, this is what Dan must have meant. Look, a tree. Yay, I'm so yeah. happy. I feel privileged that I have, have a tree. We don't know if she actually wanted it. We know Eric wanted it. So Dan got a very nice gift for Eric. Well done. But uh, yeah. we do know that Serena really likes Eric, so I guess that works out. When Dan sneaks back into the loft, taking the the five minute walk from from the gallery, I'm guessing he also had to clean up all the stuff, like the, all the the fake snow. So he's done a bit of a bit of work already today. I mean, we know he's done a bit of work already. <laughs> I'm trying to be dirty. I it took me a minute. Yeah. I was like, "What did Dan do?" Oh, sex. I get yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, sex. I got it. Um, I- what do you reckon Rufus is doing when Dan arrives? Well, I, I mean, I know, but like, if I was to guess, what is Rufus usually doing in the loft? It's one of three things: sitting mm-hmm. cagely on his uh, on, on the outside of the fire escape, which is pretty yep. rare. Uh, 
I don't think I've actually seen him sit on a couch. No, it has to be cooking them. He's cooking. Yeah, he's making waffles. He's making his uh, patented chocolate chip waffles. Yeah. He is. Way to go, Rufus. I mean, that's kind yeah. of what he does. Um, yeah. And he cut, Dan pa- passes off his incredible, like, like his coming back at, at 6 a.m. in the morning, very clearly smelling yeah. of sex, um, being like, oh, yeah, this is this is just um, tree shenanigans. This is just, yeah, setting up the thing. And Rufus yeah. is like, I, I know what happened. You're in my gallery, man. I've got cameras. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's creepy. <laughs> that's really creepy. Yeah. He probably does have cameras, but he probably didn't check them. He's probably... I feel that Rufus is usually aware of where his children are when they spend the night out. Yeah. Yeah, let's leave it at that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Uh, but when Dan points out that Lily helped them get the, the tree and everything set up, Rufus realizes, oh, Lily lied to me. Oh, no. Mm. And he is a sad Rufus. Uh, and yeah. Rufus is like, I've got to go do some stuff with the gallery as Jenny and Allison. Like, yeah, we'll just make the waffles here, uh, which is not great because there's a mood and Dan and Jenny mm. realize something up. up. It. It's all the way up. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody else has got an okay Christmas. Um, I love that Dorota is at the Waldorf family Christmas. And is included yeah. in the photo. Of course she is. She's she is. family. She's a member of family, but she ha- she has she has her own family, right? Well, you'd assume. I would, but I feel I could be wrong there. But penalty rates. Um yeah. I like that this is such a, a nice moment of family and you know the that Harold's like, yeah, I will always be a part of your life, Blair. I am 90% certain we will never see him again in this show. Okay. 90% certain. I would like to be proved wrong because it's not a great great look for him. Again, Bart Bass still coming through as best dad in this show so far. You have to, you're going to regret, you're just going <laughs> to so regret saying this. I like, know, but people are going to take this out of context when you hubris watch is, the series. Hubris is so great; it, it tastes like uh, it tastes like burning. And Allison has basically has to come clean with the kids and explain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm going. It's not working out. I, you'll never see me again. This is the the parent that we'll never <laughs> see again, isn't it? <laughs> we Nick suddenly hopes so. Bye, Alison. We never liked you. Bye. And we see the uh, the Vanderwoodson family Christmas, which uh, Bart has mm-hmm. kind of crashed. And well, I, has he has he crashed? Does he have a purpose, Jeremy? Is he I feel there for? He, I feel he's invited. Honestly. Yeah. And because maybe there's a reason. Do we remember his uh, his gift for Eric? I do. Oh, wasn't it a, wasn't it a, is it a shirt? Is it, yeah, it's super. It's a Florida Marlin shirt because the whole, right. the whole myth That's of right. where, where Eric was, was he was in Florida. And again, yeah. but trying to be a good stepdad is like, Hey, this kid seems to really like fucking Florida. I'm going to get him a Florida <laughs> thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, I get it. Like, it is, it's it's thought out, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, can't, I can't deny it. He's trying. He's trying. Yeah. So uh, Lily gets a call and just kind of 
he's like, no, no, don't, don't take that. I have something to tell you. And he like pulls out the ring, which I'm guessing is a super fancy ring, um, just by the mm. number of diamonds on it. It's mm-hmm. like, it's a, it's a mirror ball. It's a mirror ball mm-hmm. on a, at a ring. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's proposing. Um, <gasps> Lily wasn't expecting that. No. Meanwhile, a shivering, chilly Rufus. Sad baby Rufus. Trying to proclaim his love. On his cell phone. things are concurrently happening. Mm-hmm. And it's, <gasps> whatever will they choose? I like, he says he walked from Brooklyn in the cold. So it took him like mm. 10 minutes, apparently. <laughs> and that he's downstairs, still in the cold, um, yeah. calling her on his cell phone. And I was like, dude, you could have done that from Brooklyn. Like, Yeah, but it's not as... Where's, there's no romantic gesture in that, is there? I guess. I, I mean, hypothermia has romance to it, I guess. But... Uh, it's, the, it's the gesture. Yeah. Yeah. If someone walked halfway across Melbourne to see you, would you not be enamoured? Someone you wanted to see, let's say. Like, oh, not, okay. Not a story. <laughs> okay. Sorry, let me like... Like someone you are semi-interested to interested in. I would certainly be impressed, but yeah, I'm see? also a millennial, so people need to call before they show up at my house. Hey, <laughs> uh, There's a thing called text message. Um Maybe maybe you can ask his son about it since uh, Dan gets so many on his, his Gossip Girl tip line. And speaking of text same. messages, speaking of text messages, uh, Chuck has texted Blair back uh, with a, a little note being like, who would I tell about our sexual encounter? And then sends a photo and it's him and Nate and Nate's there with him in Monaco. Oh, my God. Uh, what, what, what? And that's where the episode ends. Although, how much do you reckon um, Ed Westwick and Chase Crawford got paid for that one photo? Uh, I, re- mm, I reckon if you look through the houses, there are photos of them in the houses anyway. I reckon they re- re- reused a stock photo that they've got. Oh, you know, so it was, that they yeah. took pre. Yeah. And it just put part it on of a shoot. different background. Because it's clearly a Photoshopped background. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that track. So yeah, they didn't get paid anything for this episode. No. Yeah. I think they didn't even know what Chuck was texting. They didn't get those lines at all. <laughs> Again, that's how actors can be more subtle in their choices. If they don't mm. know what they've if they don't know what's been chosen for them, it makes the acting more fun. It's true. Yeah. They actors love all the things. Actors love having more to do. And not knowing what their their characters are talking about, I'm sure they that's a thing that they really enjoy. Uh, speaking of actors, speaking of characters, speaking of things that we uh, wrap out the podcast with, there is one thing that we always do on this show, and that is pick a character from the show that we have just watched that we would make into a PC or an NPC in our game. And mm-hmm. um, I, you know what, mine's quite quick this week, so I think I will go okay. first since I'm the one talking. Right. I can just do that. I can edit all sure. these little things that Meek's saying. I can just edit out if I want. Really? That's great. Yeah. Can you? I can. How many? Oh, pretty much all of them if I really want to. But I won't <laughs> this week because that's funny. <laughs> and this week, my choice is going to be um, Freddy. He's there. Fuck off. 
No, he's Fred. It's it's going to be Freddy because he is in one scene. He shows up, he causes drama, and he leaves again. And that to me is great for an NPC. You just have them there for one very specific purpose. You have someone from somebody's past show up, and you're just like, yeah. I am here for drama. And then you're like, great, don't need them anymore. Delete. And that's why I'd pick Freddy, because he is perfect. If you can get the character to actually ask for that character to come in, like Blair does, it's even better. Yeah. But if not, it's like, yeah, somebody kicks in the door when the players are taking too long deciding what needs to happen. You're like, cool, I'm going to have the innkeeper kicks in the door and says, you haven't paid your bill. What are you going to do about it? And have a little scene. And then it's like, cool, you paid your bill. Bye. And he's gone again. He had a little bit of, enjoy, like a little bit of excitement into the into the adventure for the day, and that's what Freddy's for. Yeah, I I feel from your response that you may have also picked Freddy. Yeah, and you know what the worst part is for exactly the same freaking reason. Like, yeah, I mean, is this, is this what happens? Is this what happens when you do podcasts for ten episodes and spend how many hours down? Okay, let's see. If we've done ten episodes, roughly. What? How? How? What's the average length at the moment? Two hours, three hours. Uh, I think it's about two hours. Yeah, uh, if, if right. I haven't been so able to spend- edit it down to to less than ninety minutes. So this is what happens when you spend twenty hours with someone talking about something. Obviously, uh, no. no, I just concur with exactly what you just said. Like, I love the idea of having something from some character's past and then twisting it a little bit and then shoving them in there to see how they react. Yeah. Yeah, it's really fun. And I, I don't think yeah. it's just that our brains are now linked because of how often, how long we've been doing this podcast for. I think it's because this episode has exactly three new characters that we have not met before. And that is uh, Roman, it is Freddy, and it is um, Jack. Ah, oh. yeah. Yeah, so there weren't too many to choose from because everybody else doesn't really give a good showing. We don't really get a sense of who they are. Uh, in this episode so freddie you're it <laughs> sorry buddy <laughs> you are the name usually nameless npc you know what this is why i think that it's like freddie's just like yeah i couldn't be bothered coming up with a name because that's the kind of name i'd give to that npc who's going to be there for mm-hmm. one short little moment it's like yeah his name's freddie or sam or yeah. justin or something i don't know he's he's here it doesn't yeah. matter he's going to die soon as soon as he walks out that door he will get hit by a truck i'm done with this yeah. character now yeah so that is everything about this episode of Gossip Girl as uh, Roman Holiday. Join us next week when we talk about episode 12 of season one, School Lies. Uh, for those keeping count, this is actually a reference to the film School Ties. And I'm sure oh. that will probably play. It's probably going to be about school, I think. Oh, wait, I remember this episode. It's a good one. I like it. It's cool. Well done, show. You've got a good episode for me to be enjoying. So tune in next week. Subscribe. So many good ones. Yeah. I've heard you say the word masterpiece before. I'm Magnus gonna... Opum, I believe, was the phrase. No, I, I'm pretty sure Ma- you said it before. Magnus Opum. Magnus Opum. Magnus Opium, yeah. I believe, is what you said. I believe the phrase is actually <laughs> a mag- magnum opus. Magnum Opium. Yes, Magnum Opium. <laughs> so if you would... <laughs> If you would like to hear us do this again next week, uh, subscribe on wherever podcasts are found, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, we're hosted on Podbean, all of those places. We would really appreciate it. And what we'd really appreciate is if you left a review or told a friend about the podcast, because why would you not want your friends to enjoy this? You've already got the guilty pleasure of, of loving Gossip Girl as much as we clearly do. 
Share that with your friends. You, said you love Gossip I did. Girl. I you did. I'm really Gossip enjoying Girl. watching Gossip Girl. It's it's fun to watch Gossip Girl. I mean, I cannot deny that I love watching all the bits of New York. And Blair is adorable most of the time. Unfortunately, Dan is also there. <laughs> Why can't we write Dan out of an episode? Why does it have to be Nate? I'd be more interested in Nate sticking around than Dan but always being there. I guess it's his show since he's Gossip Girl. Anyway, if you would like to complain to me about um, constantly spoiling the fact that Dan is Gossip Girl, you can find the podcast uh, at or you can find the podcast uh, with the email address dndntvpod at gmail.com or it is on Twitter and Instagram at dndntvpod and you can send me messages there. There's posts about uh, when the episodes go up. There's just random comments on the Twitter account about random DMD things most of the time. Uh, I occasionally just like, I post stuff. It's good. Follow us. And where can, people, yeah, where can people follow you, Meek? Uh, blushing underscore bud on most socials. I'm on Twitter, but I don't tweet. So you can at me there, but I won't probably hear you. And, uh, yeah. That's it. That's it. That's all we got for this week. (laughs) Merry Christmas, everyone. Yay. Merry Christmas, guys. Yeah. And, uh, I can't think of a cup. May all your hits be crits. Stay safe. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Sorry again.